hello everyone welcome to the new episode of everyday talkies now before you jump on to listening to this episode wait take a breath smile get your regular dose of life changing entropy here on everyday talkies hello guys welcome to the new episode of everyday talkies we are back with a review corner episode with again the very old same guest pushkar welcome i mean the review corner pe to i am a co-host so like kya to guess kis karta hai but yeah see that is the whole thing so, it, not even review corner in either way wo work wo ho gaya template ho gaya na so that is yeah so you have pushkar again back because i could not find anyone else to review this or whatever i don't know and this will be two I mean, one combo right book plus uh, oh yeah movie movie so yeah should be nice should be nice So Pushkar do you want to do the honors reveal what we are reviewing today not reviewing we are discussing about today So yeah today we are discussing the book and the movie Dune by Frank Herbert Oh there should be you know background noise now blasts okay fine yeah, yeah just like a random lady yelling Alisa nal gayi this will be right Okay so like now I mean like I can walk you through the movie you can walk me through the book because it's been a while since I read the book Okay so let's start with how we came to the book or to the movie or uh, you know all that mm-hmm. basically what with me it was basically uh, basically what happened is i loved i loved the director's work the director who uh, made dune i love all yeah i love all his other works after you know blade runner 2049 which was a whole another like which was like a god level experience when it was announced that he was making dune i was like okay i been like padna hai. so i had I had known that something like Dune existed before because there was there's an old movie by David Lynch on it and everything but I had never really taken an interest in it but when I heard that uh, Danny Villeneuve was doing it I was like ha chalo abhi to padhna so I found a really old copy and yeah I started reading it and it it is genuinely like one of it was genuinely one of the best things I've ever read in my life and I think I think I came to it pretty late you know age wise because I think it is something that is ideal for you know teenagers or like late teens or young adults to read yeah so i read it like around 2 3 years ago when it was first announced that he was doing it yeah i loved it i like i read it and after that i had i read up more about it and what it was about and why it's so big and all that stuff and every day i find myself more and more kind of enamored with it yeah so it's been what oh then it's Three years, three long years of history for reading a book. So that's why you have a fresh perspective with the movie. Initially, initially, Dune was supposed to come out uh, in 2020, mm-hmm. but then because of the pandemic, it got delayed and all that. Yeah. So what about you? How did how did book, you? Okay, obviously, you know, uh, recommended me the book. I didn't read it back then. The movie finally came, and I was like, uh, you gifted me the book, and now that's basically it. Now I have to read it. It it I had to basically force you to read it by gifting it to you. Like. Yeah, like have this book. Like, uh, you had told me so much good about the movie as well, right? And where people were also yeah, the movie legend became like a whole phenomenon because the hype around it became so big, which which is funny to me because Dune has always been such a weird niche kind of nerdy, not nerdy necessarily, but like a very weird niche thing that uh, it's very esoteric. Like only uh, you, to you know be able to. Uh, enjoy it you have to have that kind of mentality of what you are getting you have to know what you are getting into and like just seeing all this hype surrounding it you know and this whole huge stacked cast that they had and like people were just like oh this is maybe the sci-fi event of the year and i'm just like it's a very weird book like i don't know what people expect from the movie but it's going to be weird 
तो इनकी आईवर्स था कि बिफोर सीइंग द मूवी लेट मी रीड द बुक बिकॉज़ देन वंस यू सी द मूवी एवरीथिंग दैट यू इमेजिन यू विल इमेजिन इन यू नो द आईज ऑफ लेट्स से जेंडर इन द कॉन्टेक्स्ट ऑफ द बुक या इन द कैरेक्टर ऑफ द मूवी यू का लाइक द इमेजिनेशन इज नो मोर देयर आफ्टर दैट सो आई थॉट रीड द बुक एंड यू मेंशन दैट देयर वर ओनली यू नो द फर्स्ट बुक कंटेंस थ्री पार्ट्स and you know the first two parts are covered and not even the second part completely it's like half of the second part yeah which gets covered so i read the entire second part and i watched the movie now obviously i didn't had the whole imax experience which people crave for i did not either sadly because you know pandemic stuff <laughs> that was there for sure so uh, once i read the book i really enjoyed it like when you mentioned that it's a whole teen book i'm not sure matlab half of my books which i read are all uh, dated Like beyond, like I've never read any book which was intended to be read, you know, at the proper age or whatever it is. So yeah, no, I mean, just like I think as a starting point, because obviously the book has a lot of adult themes and all this, but uh, as a starting point, I think it's a good. Uh, I mean, if you read it in your teenage, then you can like slowly and slowly keep on appreciating it as you get older. Like you find more stuff in it. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. But yeah, we'll get to all that. But uh, so, what was your like? What were your initial impressions of the book and the movie? Book was fantastic. Like I thoroughly enjoyed it. It it took some getting used to for the first you know ten fifteen page. Not more. I think more than fifty pages. I would say because because it's very dense and it it doesn't give you room to like settle. So and there's lot of things to cover and there was there were there were things. So I was like, okay, I'll take my time. I'll read it. But after the first fifty pages, I got so hooked, and then I thought, you know, I know Pushkar gifted me the book, but I don't really care uh, about it uh, now. I'll download a uh, ebook and I'll read it because I wanted to read it while sleeping. I'm like, okay, uh, and I went, and that actually, you know, my speed became crazy after that, and uh, I started enjoying it. Yeah, like I'm actually now waiting mode for you know uh, to read the third part. I don't want to wait about anything, you know, wait for the movie to come or any of that sort. So I'll just go ahead and read that part as well. But now coming to the whole, and now I understand why you love deserts. Whether maybe this was the trigger, this was your trigger point, I guess. No, no I mean, I, it's a, it was just like a happy confluence between you know the origin of my name, uh, Lawrence of Arabia, this and uh, yeah. It was just like a lot, a, a, a lot of different happy accidents that I happen to love. Yeah, and like this was like very different day. from the ones that we already enjoy, also, right? Like for example, yeah, yeah. Uh, like Star Trek and all of them. Like Star Trek is exploration. Like I always come back to those, like Arrival and all. Like the sci-fi, you need something new to watch. Right? I mean, the... yeah, Dune. Dune is a very different kind of sci-fi than like say uh, Arrival, Star Trek, or even Star Wars, which like is heavily inspired from Dune. Yeah, and that was shocking because Dune was so you know old that I thought you know whatever. But uh, that's you, a yeah. You thought it was the other way around or something. Coming to this whole movie portion because you watched it like our experience has been totally different. I watched it maybe like hours after finishing the book. You watched it three years after finishing the book. So how was the movie for you? You know, the first time watching it, it was amazing. Like I was just shocked by the amount of amazing like. Uh, the amount of I don't know how to put it. Like I was just shocked by how well they were able to pull some of the things off. Like some of the things that seem unfilmable, you know, like uh, the voice or uh, stuff like Paul's mm-hmm. dreams, like mm-hmm. his uh, prescient memories where he's you know going through alternate futures and all this. Mm-hmm. I was like just surprised by how well they were doing all of it. Also the scale of you know Dune, just like this epic saga that spans like planets and you know across the universe and just the desert and. uh there are some things that 
could have been a bit better but uh, overall i think i couldn't have asked for and it, it's a very uh, it's a it's at the heart of it it's a very denigrating film so there are some things that you have to just accept that they are going to be like the typical denigrating you experience which i'm fine with which i love but yeah overall it was great it was great it's not perfect still but it's still very great yeah for me the entire focus of the movie slightly diverted because i had just read the book so my mind was just highlighting the differences because they were blatantly in front of me right and there were certain scenes that they skipped all together the whole altercation between you know uh, tufar and uh, the main character what's her name uh, jessica paul right oh jessica jessica the oh the the vet is in the room and they interact like he, he accuses him she accuses him and tufar's character in the movie was like nothing he was shown for twice and in the book it's like so much more pronounced and similarly with yeah, some other so, characters so where even garni uh, he has a very small role like duncan weirdly enough who has a small role in the book gets a really big one in the in the movie i think like there is a there is a reason for that particular thing i mean it has to do with like spoilers for later books and all that but yeah anyway uh, that's like that was just some movie stuff but also the stuff like you know uh, the doctor dr chen uh, and his whole back story like why he was like the betrayal of okay spoilers now dr. like you, dr you <laughs> i mean oh sorry yeah, dr you sorry i don't know why i thought dr chen but whatever oh i yeah, it's a whole i was i've been watching some other thing and there's a dr chen in it acha acha so yeah mm-hmm. anyway so yeah spoilers for the book and the movie uh, the betrayal of dr ua that whole thing it comes about it seems to uh, come out of out of nowhere in the movie because you know you don't really explore the whole he has this conditioning thing that exactly yeah, uh, yeah, do yeah. harm and all that stuff that all that is like never really mentioned in the movie even the whole thing with his uh, wife and all it's very uh, it's like mentioned off hand and not really uh, explored further which i get like you have to make concessions when you make a movie uh, but yeah some of that stuff yeah it's they they've kind of uh, you know at some points it feels like they're trying to run through all the blueprints uh, of the book like they're trying to uh, run through all the like fast you know points of the book like oh yeah this happens then this happens then this happens but even so even with all that i think it really does take its time to kind of immerse you in this world and uh, you know get some of the spiritual and get some of the the get the point across of what frank herbert was trying to do with his book yeah i can absolutely uh, understand about uh, that part because the movie the aesthetics of it was absolutely amazing but again the whole point right as i mentioned he certain dialogues were just lifted lifted and shifted from the book i'm like okay yeah so but okay like i understand maybe i should have watched it you know maybe years after um, reading the book maybe then i could have you know really enjoyed that piece uh, a bit more and not be a bit more critical about you know all these small small things but nonetheless the movie was great i want to really see because there are certain things in the book which was not clear to me from a visual standpoint how are they doing it but uh, in the movie that cleared it a bit uh, and you have this very weird description of uh, the worm right in the book and yeah. this you yeah, can, yeah. you don't really know how to imagine it so they had put a picture on on that so that was nice and the last the, the few scenes they completely changed it like in the book uh, somebody riding a worm was a mirage here they showed that it was truth uh, yeah 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 the whole aspect of spice how spice works in space travel is not even mentioned in the book 
it is it is it's mentioned later i guess Achha, um, later maybe then because later. spice is very important spice is like the thing that uh, the whole franchise revolves revolves around in a way because of uh, what it does is basically it opens up your consciousness in a way that uh, you can basically chart safe paths through, through space time uh, which is why the guild uh, you know the guild steersman and all these people are so uh, they need spice and it's such a sought after commodity and it's it is only found on arrakis and you still haven't read part 3 so even like i don't know how to like uh, tread around some of the spoilers that come around okay please don't don't um because see i'm really enjoying the book like i have been i have been out of reading fiction for quite some time now because i was you know going through this non fiction thing but dune is like really really i was actually you know debating should i start project hail mary first or dune first and i'm glad i started dune first but then again you know you tell me that dune is this vast universe where there like endless books so how many universes are you going to drag me in <laughs> i mean just just like maybe a few dozen i don't know anyway uh yeah what i also want, you said about dune being a vast universe uh, in the movie as well they streamline it quite a bit like there's you don't really see the emperor you don't see princess irulan you, you don't see the coam uh, or whatever that company is called uh, you don't even really see the guild steers when you see some of the benedict's red sisters but that's about it so it's like there's a lot of stuff to be explored in part 2 uh, there's also the uh, harkonnen kwisats uh, that they have what's his name faydrutha i think harkonnen's what i don't know if it's there in, i think it's there somewhere in part 1 and part 2 that the harkonnen's also have their own kwisats had had around oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he's not he is also not mentioned in uh, this Correct. Yeah. so there's like a bunch of characters that uh, we are still yet to be introduced to that should be interesting let's see how the but i understand their problem also it's a two and a half hour movie so there is limited amount of time and <laughs> no it's already two and a half hours and like you have to pick and choose uh, you can't possibly you know have everything in it even at two and a half hours which is uh, interesting but uh, let's see how the because even for two books say that just uh, two movies that would just be one one book right and now you are reading the second book the second book so far is like really great by the way but you would uh, like you would think you read it's it's again a tough read to get into it is it is it's very tough like i started a while ago first but i couldn't get into it but now with the kindle i was like okay let's just do it and my first idea was like dune messiah so and i have been reading it now and once again it's the same thing with dune like once you get past the first 50 pages or so it gets really you like you get hooked on to it let's see let's uh, i'm i'm like i'm glad i went you know got into this universe i'm not sure no, but, how vast uh, this is but let's 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 talk about some of the things that we uh, really enjoyed about say either the book or like what you read or the uh, the film you know okay yeah so we have this thing now we do this uh, that part uh, what do you call it favorite scenes so <laughs> Uh, let's talk about that. No, so yeah. you can go first and tell me about what you like in the book, and I, I can like talk more about the movie. Okay, so how I imagined it to be, my favorite, not my favorite, but most, you know, uh, cut red. I don't know how would you say it, but most exciting scene was when um, the uh, both uh, Paul and Jessica are trapped. Uh, like they are their makeshift tent, and the sand dunes. They, they she pulls uh, she pulls her out. Remember. in the book jessica jessica almost drowns because they lose the bag none of it was shown in the movie 
okay and in that moment uh, yeah i don't remember any of this so that's why like i need you to take me through the book yeah so in uh, there's a scene where you know they're supposed to cross this vast 4 km stretch of or uh, whatever uh, units of measurement they have a uh, stretch of sand and it's a warm area and um, now before that basically spice gets into this uh, fall and everything enhances right he first understands yeah he starts getting visions yeah and then he starts you know saying all of this crap ki you know you are not crap but uh, you are supposed to get a baby baby you are the reason why i am like this where paul basically ascended to the role of you know lisan al gray when he could see all the yeah, future possible paths that was like really really amazing from a book's perspective what about you what do you remember no i remember there was one scene in the book uh, which is about the gardens that uh, are inside the uh, you know capital city of arrakis uh and all these gardens that like, it shows the hypocrisy that the rich share uh, rich rich people have in this universe which is like uh, you know they can afford to keep they can afford to waste so much water uh, on maintaining a garden while uh, all these uh, people outside the city and the fremen and everything have to struggle every day for just like ounces of yeah, water yeah 20 palm trees equal to 100 men something like that right no and also what i wanted to talk about is just can you imagine how messed up paul must be just to have all this shit uh, thrust onto him from like before he was even born it's like centuries in the making and all that stuff and uh, he basically the uh, biggest thing i uh, appreciate about the dune saga is that paul never really has a choice in anything i mean he's the chosen one and he has this and he has that but all he can really do is just go along the path that is already set for him you know it's it's kind of sad in a way because uh he has this fate of becoming the quizar sagarak mm-hmm. and becoming the emperor of the universe and all this stuff but he's just like a super miserable guy but because he's not really his own person like he he's still like controlled by his circumstance even with the power of prescience for the power to see future timelines and alternate uh, futures and all this stuff what he can really choose is the path that's already uh, you know set for him the path of like the whole uh, jihad across the universe and all this stuff that's why i talk about you know it's an ideal book to start at teenage because it really captures the experience of not having uh, the freedom as a teenager you know just being you know feeling trapped by uh, your circumstances so you took this in this way okay my interpretation of this whole thing like i didn't pay too much heed to what paul was going through but i was thinking that this benedictus whole thing right the whole yeah. arc with them that their missionary protective or whatever they have basically sown these seeds of culture across planets they've right? sown seeds of su- superstition basically correct they themselves mention superstition both in the book and in this right so there is superstition itself means fiction right and that is what it yeah. meant according to me so that means this none of this is true so there is uh, he has no special powers which you know others can have something like i i was under that impression and uh, maybe it's just a way of them protecting their heritage you know um, their end goal of mixing progeny and this reminded me of the whole episode of you remember in star trek the original people who basically uh, you know sown seeds of human uh, life across different planets yeah. like uh, in earth yeah, yeah. and klingon and all of that and that that's why they were bipeds and this it reminded me of all of that that essentially is just a way of surviving in a civilization but there is no real uh, consequence to it but then they're obviously not taking it there but also it's like the whole thing with the benedictus is that uh, what like frank herbert is trying to highlight in that uh, whole point is 
the myths that people have around uh, their you know cultures like which is like there's going to be this messiah figure who the prophet who's going to come and save us and guide us into paradise and all this stuff he's trying to tell you that all of these myths are not uh, you shouldn't worship any single uh, person into like godhood like you shouldn't pick this person to be your messiah and just put them on a pedestal because uh, first of all the prophecy itself is not something that is uh, you know ordained or given by god or anything it can be something that can be just sown into the culture uh, via superstition and all this and when you do eventually like uh, choose a messiah it's it's going to come to a point where uh, you know either the messiah will get corrupted or the message of the whole crusade or the whole uh, point of why you needed the messiah in the first place is going to uh, be abused later on because spoilers are a little bit okay no you haven't read it so i won't say anything but yeah he basically is basically warning people against you know wielding this kind of power or like uh, no but having know, this kind of that power that's the whole point in the book also he clearly mentioned to his mom during that whole thing when he was inhaling spice and tripping people think of me as nasan or gaib or whatever names that he has been given but i am not that he is, he is not the harbinger of peace or something or that he mentions that clearly but it was never really you know stressed too much on the movie instead in spite of that one scene where the whole jihad colors were flying no so what happens is that uh, in the movie as well there is a, i think it was um, it's not overly obvious but it is like mentioned because what happens is initially he's kind of reluctant to the whole thing he's uh, you know he's trying to say that uh, i'm not uh, you know i don't want to be this and you turn me into a freak and all this stuff he's trying to rebel against the whole thing but once he kind of realizes the path that he's on and uh, you know where it leads he does kind of there is a uh, when he's fighting janus basically Uh, there is this thing there is a voice over in the movie as well where it says that in order to become the kwisatz haderach paul at least must die and when the fight is happening you kind of hear in the background oh, uh, yes, kwisatz yes. yeah, yeah. rise up and all this stuff so that is really when it kind of solidifies that paul has made this choice to uh, you know stay on this predetermined path because he has seen futures where he dies by jamus's hands he dies by chani's hands there's also a future where he's friends with jamis and all these things but in order to survive or just like in order to uh, appreciate or like sacrifice uh, to basically see the greater good he has to kind of follow the path that is set for him he has to become the kwisatz haderach and all that stuff which is it's in a way it's very sad see, see that's the thing na matlab with these movies and the conflict yes and the world kind of yeah yeah you may, you become like fans crazy fans you develop these theories and half your life is wasted in these things so <laughs> from existential crisis moment i'm having like in a review corner episode <clears throat> but uh, over in overall okay we talked about the scenes but from a movie perspective like i know you like how like i have seen the i have only seen i think both the movies right blade runner 2049 and um, arrival and like both yeah. were extremely amazing Like both of us, uh, both of it is fa- our favorite movies. Like yours is Blade Runner and mine is Arrival, right? So yeah. about that, right? About the whole way of how he pictureized the whole thing and your love for deserts. So you know, which scene do you think was the best? Ah, uh, in the movie, oh, I think the best scene—it's hard to pick, but because so much of it is so good. I think the the scene with the 
you know when they're uh, first in the desert and you see the sandworm come for the first time for that uh, harvester the spice harvester mm-hmm. that whole scene where they're trying to evacuate the people uh, from the spice harvester onto the thopter and you you have that overhead shot of the worm for the first time swallowing the whole thing i think that's that's a highlight for me um i also love the way that they did paul's visions you know like there's this this co- constant of lens orange flare orange right yeah orange hue and there's this constant lens flare that comes which indicates that yeah he's he's going through a vision right now that's that was i think there are these these small things that denivel you know was able to do so geniusly and so like uh, it wasn't like an expensive uh, effect or anything and like it wasn't hyper complicated it was just simple but it relayed the it uh, relayed the message so clearly that is something i uh, really enjoyed and you will be uh, surprised to find out that other than the desert scenes in the movie the open desert scenes mm-hmm. all of the movie was shot in a studio in budapest damn like some of it they shot in norway some of the exteriors on caledon mm-hmm. and some of it they shot in like uh, jordan i think the deserts of jordan mm-hmm. but other than that everything was shot on a sound stage in budapest which is like wild to think of because see the um, like for me um, the whole uh, caledon seemed like earth only because there was so much water and all of that but the whole scene when he was he's commanded by the emperor right and this oh yeah yeah comes... speaking of caledon sorry sorry just to interrupt you for a minute speaking of caledon one of my favorite absolute favorite scenes was uh, the whole like when he's leaving caledon you know mm-hmm. uh, the whole the whole soundtrack which is called uh, paul's dream i think the soundtrack followed like mixed with you know all these scenes of them moving out and him uh, getting like uh, his last um, him like kind of enjoying his planet for one last time you know uh, whole like uh, putting his hand in the water and just simple things like uh, collecting a blade of grass and everything i think that was done wonderfully and also they they try to get like they get the message across pretty well that the harkonnens are trying to sabotage them at every step yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know and this is just like one big conspiracy by the emperor because he's afraid he's jealous that people are getting too rich and like but i loved the character of uh, baron like that was yeah, very yeah. well portrayed the scene from uh, the caledon which i was talking about was the scene when he was commanded by the emperor to you know come to arrakis and like there's a whole grand procession right all of them are standing on the stage and uh, there are soldiers and then the ship lands like it's that whole grandiose thing was amazing and then obviously the sand dune scenes the first time the worm comes i i, I get all of that i i hope they continue and this also reminded me of blade runner in some sense like the whole way of shooting it it was very different from yeah, like, the older ones ha uh-huh. and danny villeneuve knows how to do scale really well like you can feel the size of the ships you can feel how big they are and just like the way they come down and you see the shadow across like the crowd that has gathered like just simple things like that it it's amazing let's see now uh, what they do with so now like uh, let me ask you like what are you expecting from dune part 2 or like part 3 of the book ah part 3 of the book so see obviously um, part 2 of the book has to cover the half of the part 2 uh, uh, so how no yeah, should you, cover you still haven't read you still haven't read part 3 of the book right so what are you expecting where are you expecting the story to go now so i think it ended in a moment where uh, he uh, basically uh, if in the book if i remember correctly um, chani and them uh, like chani also uh, forces what he is seeing because all of them were high on spice and uh, she yeah. also sees her future with uh, paul and then uh, there's a whole romantic scene there so like that ended ends with that so now and I... part 2 the end of part 2 is like a proper break uh, timeline wise as well so 
I was like, um, after that movie, uh, it's just very weird thinking of the most fifteen year olds uh, indulging into things that way. So I hope the world skips three years and then they start doing the things they want to. Uh, but uh, whatever that might be, I don't know how, what they will do. But I want to see more of the wonders of Arrakis explored, the whole uh, history behind uh, the worm, the Shai Hulud, whatever they say, right? Shai Hulud, yeah, yeah, Shai Hulud. So, like, what is the, the worm's relation with spice? Why is spice so important? Because in the movie they were said it was used for space travel, but in the book it was never mentioned anywhere. It's just important, right? It was mentioned. So I want to yeah, learn more about that. Yeah, it's not mentioned yet. So let's see, like, if uh, how they mention it, and even if like even if they mention it a fleeting way, I want to explain about it a bit more because I'm, what are you? Those things excite me, and the whole aspect of how Paul is going to stand up to the emperor, and uh, because his vision always says that there will be jihad in the name of his name. right um yeah, across the, the entire... name of his fathers across the entire galaxy so how does that even pan out so it means you know fremen are you know very highly involved like they will form his army but how does it compare with the houses because we have not seen about houses we have only seen from the baron and his ramadan that's it yeah like we don't know about any other houses we don't know about who the emperor is what's happening the whole kaum society the guild the guild is you know we have no idea about that so i want to know about all of those characters hopefully in part 2 like in the movie part 2 uh, we'll see a lot more of these characters and everything i'm 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 interested to see how uh, he'll portray all these things you know um the spiceman the guildsman sorry the guildsman of the uh, the guildsman the steersman of the guild who are basically the pilots who uh, you know uh, drive these vehicles not like sorry uh, drive these spaceships through space and because they are constantly high on spice they have you know weird mutations and all that so i'm i'm interested to see how uh, danny villano is going to pull that off okay one last thing sorry every time you speak i, I just it remind uh, it reminds me of one more inaccuracy which irks me i don't know why i've become a stickler i should never watch a movie after just reading a book this time learned but uh, in the entire book fremens are characterized characterizers blue eyeballs with entire blacks no whites no whites was stressed like 100 times yeah it's blue within blue completely blue eyes but the blue eyes within black the the rest of the part is black i mean what the hell happened in the movie did there a lot of paint cgi what happened i guess they were just like it's a lot of it is like uh, actors you know act with their eyes a lot you know yeah yeah, yeah. um so yeah and in denivel you know is not like a very obvious person he likes to do everything completely subtly Okay, let's see. Let's see how that pans out. Because I'm really, really excited. Like, uh, apart from my uh, whatever, I can't abuse uh, myself in my podcast. It's a kid-friendly podcast. But yeah, okay. Apart from all the uh, things that I find inaccurate, but I really want to see the movie because it's it's amazing. It was something which I wanted to see because it combines right bit of fantasy, right bit of uh, war. But the uh, fantasy sci-fi, there is not much good fantasy sci-fi. Like I have not watched. Maybe there are, but I have not watched them. I don't know. Star Wars, Star Trek. I don't. Those are not fantasy. Those are like proper sci-fi. Yeah, at least adaptation-wise, there isn't a lot of it. Like I've heard about these things, like The Witcher and The Wheel of Time, which is like going. People are watching crazily, but you know, I haven't even. Yeah, even that apparently isn't isn't very good. Like from what I've heard, so I haven't really even watched it either. Like, yeah, it's very hard to do good sci-fi. You know, uh, like good sci-fi or even good fantasy. Because Lord of the Rings is one. You have Star Trek, you have Star Wars, and now you have Dune. But yeah, that's really it. There isn't a lot of other um, 
good sci-fi that comes like at least in adaptation you know let's see let's see anyway this episode has been long enough for a review corner episode i'm just happy i just wanted to rant for you guys because i just finished it yesterday <laughs> or no sorry on fifth and i was like yeah i just wanted to talk when it's fresh because whenever pushkar ever gives me a movie it's like 3 months later i'll watch it 1 month later i'll record half of it i'll forget and that's how the world goes this was like i was fresh in memory look you guys feel should have feel appreciated this is the first time i was correcting pushkar about a movie or a book like yeah, i reached the pinnacle so we'll find another thing so uh, you know another book or movie that we can uh, review and i'll i'll uh, make the odd season i'm sure anything that comes next should uh, do that trick anyway i'm like super excited about uh, like i don't know whether we'll have time to do uh, spider not spider man but yeah the whole of marvel just because it's go- it's exciting now apparently <laughs> yeah it's good and as usual doctor strange in the multiverse of madness is coming out and i just need, i just want an excuse to say doctor strange in the multiverse of madness <laughs> a good title yeah, but maybe we'll do one of the one of the good one of like one of this year's uh, stand out movies or something let's see something esoteric yeah yeah we have to do one of those so that you know i get less listenership but you know i become more woke <laughs> so yeah 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 sure. <laughs> become like an esoteric podcast as usual guys this has been amazing go watch tune watch it legally uh, if it's still in the theaters which i don't think so it is wait no, no, spider man eight eight up eight up every spider man eight up but just go watch spider man uh, it's good that's basically bye bye and do the usual thing hopefully this what are we starting next i'm still contemplating on what series yeah, what it's been a while since we did review corner so we become rusty actually yeah let's see how uh, things plan out there's so many things going on in my mind things to rekindle things to start so let's see if there's a proper series that we start next and we'll keep you updated till then thank you and keep listening bye 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 thank you for listening to this episode follow us on social media and do let us know if you want to be part of the next episode till then live long and prosper